On the podcast today, we have real estate royalty, one of the top producing real estate agents in the world, based here in Los Angeles. She is fabulous. She's done some of the biggest sales in the world, including the mansion to the Minecraft developer. Also, she represented the Spelling Mansion and a whole host of other gorgeous, lovely properties here in Los Angeles. Yes, it is none other than Sally Forster Jones, and she's going to be my guest coming up right after this. The Lorimer Podcast. Greetings and welcome to the podcast. Um, I dare say that this is actually an extra special, an extra special version of the podcast today. We have, and I mean this actually very, very uh, uh, sincerely, we have real estate royalty, ladies and gentlemen. We have the queen of luxury real estate. Now, everybody on the planet in real estate already knows Sally Forster-Jones, but in case you have been living on the moon for a while, I'm just going to give you, I can't even recap it all, there's that much, but voted as the number one luxury team by um, Inman, um, you have sold a mind, I can't even get my head around this, a mind-blowing 5,500 transactions. And ladies and gentlemen, a lot of these are gigantic sales. This is not, we're not selling condos in Boise. Not that there's anything wrong with selling condos in Boise. These are 5,500 significant properties. You hold the record. You held the record for the highest sale with the Spelling Mansion in Los Angeles. You sold the absolutely, well, a lot of the properties you sell are delicious, but the delicious Minecraft Mansion uh, in Beverly Hills, which was another landmark sale, your career really just has one benchmark after the next. And to people who are listening to this or watching this, they're like, well, this is, this is, this is F SFJ. You know, she's, she's, a, she's a goddess. I'm, I'm never going to get there. But you did start with one sale, right? Uh, so <laughs> what, 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 I know you're from New York. I, I want people to hear it from you. So what was your evolution? How, how and I'm going to end with this, and then I'm going to shut up and let you talk. So you are the guest. How do you remain, number one, always so lovely? Every time I've encountered you, you have been delightful. And I mean, that that's the perfect word. You are the consummate professional, but yet you keep hitting uh, gold medals one after the next after the next. How does one grow a career? And then how do you keep it going as 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 amazingly as you have done. So welcome, welcome to the show, Sally. Well, oh, thank you, Peter. I don't even know where to go from here because, <laughs> you know, that was such a build up. You know, so I, you know, I, I, I want to meet this person. <laughs> <laughs> My first sale was, was somewhere like maybe, I don't know, just, just twenty thirty thousand dollars and not a big sale. It was a small sale in, in, uh, the San Fernando Valley, and it was, it, you know what, it was at the time when real estate was going up. Real estate does have its cycles, and this was buying something where I had, uh, you know, where I was involved as an investor myself, and prices went up, and so it was like, okay, this is really, really good. I really like 
being in real estate on an upswing. So it started with, with just something really very modest um, and very many more sales. I, actually, what happened with me was I started investing and I had a few friends who uh, looked at this and wanted to invest with me. And so we started that and I said, okay, if I'm going to be investing, I should get my real estate license so mm -hmm. that I'm in at the, at the you know, just really at entry level. So I did that and just, it, you know, went from one sale to more sales on just on a very entry level basis. And what I did after that is, was I started surrounding myself with more people who were just on a, a more affluent. And so the sales then went from people that I knew. Um, and then those went well and was referral sources and just went to bigger and bigger sales. And just and what I realized was that it's equally, you know, a, a deal is a deal. And it's just as, uh, you know, you have still people, you have homes, you have the same issues, the same escrow situations on the entry level as you do on the luxury. Right. And so why not do luxury? <laughs> so, so that is how it evolved really to luxury. So you, you raise uh, uh, a couple of points, which um, I, I remember having a, a, similar, a, a similar kind of evolution. Funny enough, my first deal within, was in the San Fernando Valley. So for those people who don't know LA, the San Fernando Valley, I guess for all intents and purposes, is the New Jersey of, of LA, right? <laughs> kind of. Um, and then how do you, you said you surrounded yourself with more affluent people. If an agent's out there going, well, I want to break into luxury. Where do I find affluent people? Where would they go? Yeah. So it's, it's really the first thing is, is a mindset and making that a goal. So you look at that and say, okay, if I can sell, you know, just, you know, entry level, you know, same skill set. Why not sell a higher, you know, higher price point and just give yourself a raise in your, you know, in your, your paycheck? So, so that's the first decision is just looking at that and saying, this is what I want to do. And then you consciously, you know, I can't say it was 100% conscious, but it, it, it's, that's how it goes. And that's how it evolved is I looked at and say, okay, where do I go? Who do I see? Do, you know, is there charities? Are there different places that I would go and mingle with people who are, you know, just more affluent. So it, it's, that's really the first thing is the mindset. And the mm -hmm. second is coming up with a game plan on where and how you really meet those people. You, you have a phrase, which I, I live and die by, which is real, uh, real estate is a relationship business. Um, there are so many uh, uh, gadgets and apps and Zillow and Open Door and all of these myriad of, of digital platforms. Um, what is what's your philosophy? Do you get all of your business through through word of mouth? Do you do any Zillow? What what how what what's your kind of slice? How do you slice up your pie of business? Yeah. It's uh, I don't do Zillow. It's really relationship. You know, one thing leads to another. Uh, just, you know, in the time of open houses, you know, initially when I started out, I did open houses, but I made every moment count. So right. it is, it's, and that again is relationship. It's being in the moment. It's really listening and caring about whoever you're talking to. And then people love to talk about real estate. Really, everyone lives somewhere, uh, wherever that is. They all are interested 
and coming up with, uh, you know, just a scenario, a story, something that was of interest. So it was always, there's always a topic of conversation. You know, uh, real estate is on everyone's mind and they can relate to it. So it's a very easy conversation. So, you know, it's, it's really, you know, but it's, it's caring about who you're talking to and really being focused in the moment. Right. I, I, it's funny. I was talking about that with, with someone yesterday about, they were saying, Pete, how do you, you know, how do you handle new clients and how do you act? What way are you meant to be? And I said, look, you have to act, you have to be yourself. But one technique that I've always used, and you just meant, nailed it, Sally, is, is you got to care. And I've always imagined the, the, the client opposite me is a family member or an, a distant family, my, my brother-in-law, my sister-in-law, my uncle, my niece. And when I get into that mindset, you can look someone in the eyes and you can deliver bad news with no fear of losing them as a client or no fear of losing the escrow because you know more than, than, than anyone, you deal at such a high level that there really is no margin for error. The, I mean, the dollar amounts are 50, 60, 70, beyond million. And so you're, how do you deliver polarizing, sometimes devastating news to, to, to clients on, on such a high value uh, property? Yeah, uh, it's uh, one is really just looking at them saying, you know, you know, and, and you understanding how, you, how they really feel and not just being live about it. When you're delivering bad news, it's you have to recognize it's bad news and that they are going to feel bad about it and just just putting it out there. And just being there with them that, yes, this really is bad news. And you are really feeling bad about it because, you know, as, as you know, which is not unexpected. And then, uh, you know, and understanding and caring and then how to then go about solving it or rectifying it or, or not. What do you do at that moment to uh, first really understand sincerely how they feel and caring about that? and then trying the, you know, to really come up with a solution together where you can guide them, but the solution has to really come from them right. you know, in the end and how to solve it in the end with, you know, and each person's different. You know, someone's, you know, just recognizing that, so, you know, some, you know, someone may blow up and, you know, but if, if you care and they know that you're, they're, you're being, under, you know, they're being understood, that goes a long way. For sure. In many ways, Sally, do you think it's fair to say it's kind of this, it's the same as when you were, when you were first selling houses, bad news is bad news. And, 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 and if you'll permit me, I'll give you a, a, um, a kind of an, an analogy. I remember when I sold my first $5 million house and I remember walking, I never sold anything near that price. This is 10, 15 years ago. I remember walking across the threshold with the client and he was in front of me. My hands were shaking because I'm like, oh my God, I'm out of my depth. I'm out of my depth. I don't know what I'm doing. Oh my God. Oh my God. He's going to see. And I put my hands behind my back and then I kind of gave myself a good talking to and I said, it's okay. It still has a master bedroom. It still has a kitchen. It still has a lawn out the back. It's just bigger and, and nicer. And your job is to be of service and to walk him, uh, it was a guy at that time, uh, walked through this property and just cater to all of his needs. And I found it amazing that that 
that kind of philosophy translates all uh, price points. Like, I'm sure there are people listening going, there must be some secrets of handling a $50 million client versus a $500,000 client. What, what are your thoughts on that? It's, it's, uh, there really is not that much of a difference. Uh, just, uh, you know, the, for each person, whether it is the $500,000 purchase or the $50 million purchase, this is very personal to them. It is a big deal. It's a big deal. Their home is a big deal. That's where you have, you know, uh, particularly now with, with COVID, it's become, your home has become everything, but it is a big deal. And so recognizing that, and no matter what, even the most expensive home where you go in and you say, oh my gosh, what could anyone find, you know, wrong? It has everything on a, you know, there's still compromises. It's still not every single thing that someone wants because their expectations are different. But it's, but overall, it is just, it's still a home. And a home has, you know, uh, you know, either it appeals to you an emotional level, you know, is your lifestyle and how you connect with it. And that's really, that's really what it's all about. It really is in the end, it's all about lifestyle and how that buyer is going to feel and imagine themselves being and living and experiencing in that particular home and environment. For sure. And, and, and very often, I like to say, we, we don't just sell homes, we sell emotion. Yeah. It's a very it, emotional experience, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, it's residential real estate, which is emotional. It's emotional. It's not about, I mean, it's dollars and cents. Yeah, you know, but that's secondary. It is an emotional experience. Either you connect and you can imagine yourself there or you don't. Yeah, and that's why I love it. I mean, I, I don't like commercial because it is just unemotional for the most part, but, but residential I love. Now, you are a, a woman of, you have many strings to your real estate bow because you, you kind of transitioned from being a real estate agent and then you then went into development and you you have several prop you I mean every year there are, you have properties that you are invested in as as an investor and they're substantial so i find that very inspiring that not only do you sell real estate but you put your money where your mouth is and you step up and you design and you develop and it is high risk i mean beverly hills hollywood hills this is this is high stakes poker. How did you, what's the journey, the evolution? I know you started as an investor. What was your evolution in getting into investing in luxury property? Yeah. Well, you know, this is something that as a realtor, I know and I understand. And so, and I love. So, it, you know, it, it, it's almost natural. And just on the payoff in, in the end, we're selling real estate and it has appreciated and, you know, and there's always a, you know, a demand for that. And so, and I love this. So, so it's really just looking and saying, you know, just even doing a very minor flip, you know, of you come in and you, you see something and you, you, you know, you understand what it is from a value standpoint and, you know, and say, okay, if I, you know, put some paint and some, you know, change this a little bit, what's, you know, what is going to be the appeal to a buyer? So it's it's a transition that makes sense, you know, made sense to me, makes sense to me because I do understand real estate. And, you know, and it's, it's you know, from an investment point of view, 
it's like, you know, why would I not invest in something that, you know, that I understand versus investing in something that I don't. So it's, it's an easy, easy transition. Uh, also, you know, it is something that does create wealth in the, in the long yeah. run, you know, re, you know, commissions are great. And, uh, you know, they do, you know, pay for, you know, for my coffee, which I have right here that I'm going to have a sip of, but they, you know, commissions are great, but, you know, it, it, you know, really being able to invest in real estate is really, you know, just a big payoff on something that we know, we love, and we understand. Right. So investing is something that, that, uh, that I've done my fair share of as well. And I think the key uh, uh, to investing, may, maybe you'll agree, is, is leverage, is surrounding yourself with the right team, not just of builders and designers, but also finances. So if someone is, let's use Boise again, somebody's listening to this in Boise, they're a young w- woman who's inspired by you and, and, and she wants to be you. Um, how would someone who has vision and, and has aspirations and, and has a good eye, where would they find a backer or where would they find a financial partner? Yeah. Well, it's, uh, you know, this is where I'm going to just say, um, you know, you have to believe in what you're saying and what you're doing and have that vision and, and then be, you know, we're salespeople and being able to articulate that. So, you know, you know, if we're able to sell to a buyer who's coming through the door, that we're selling them a home and a dream and a, and a lifestyle, then from an investor standpoint, we have to paint that same picture with the same enthusiasm and, and conviction and understanding and, you know, and just, just, you know, all of that on a even more, you know, just more of a level, but, but that's really what it is. It's, it's, you know, understanding what you're doing, coming up with, you know, a game plan that you believe in and that you can articulate and that you have support for. And then it, then go and reaching out, they, you know, it's, it's out there. It's right. then you then you look for that. For your, and and, for your and there'll be a hundred doors that slam where where maybe there might be one that that, that creaks open and yeah. and then you you have to sell. Yeah. Um, so we've talked about there the, there are so many triumphs in your career. There are so many benchmarks. There are so many homes that have set records. What are what is one of the what is a, what is one of the biggest mistakes that you've made on your journey to becoming a successful real estate entrepreneur? Yeah, well, it, it, you know, there's there's changes throughout. You know, you 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 know, they, some of these successes, some of the failures become successes, and and how you solve them. So, the the uh, the initial start of you know mistake I'm going to say is you know wanting to do everything and wanting to control the process, control the situation to where, you know, where everything from showing the prop, finding the property, showing the property, answering the telephone, uh, you know, you know, uh, you know, doing an escrow, doing the marketing, doing everything. And then looking and saying, you know what, I, I need to stick with what I am best at and then get help, you know, surround myself and rely on other people and trust that I can rely on them to be of support to me. So that is, you know, so, you know, just getting an assistant that is really valuable and empowering them to actually pick up the telephone for you or answer your calls or, 
or do you know do anything that you are not you know that's not your forte so that you can really focus on the things that you are best at and that only you can do and so that's an evolution so i'm going to say you know the mistake I made really was taking too long and not trusting that I can trust and rely and empower others. But I, you know, so that, that was a, you know, big, you know, that was a big step. Yeah. And it's scary, right? When you're, cause in, in real estate, like in all sales, you eat what you kill. And so when you start having your first few sales and you're like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm slammed. I need an assistant. And, Making that leap and putting someone on salary is is a terrifying moment, but I, I too concur that it is the best decision someone can make. It's belief in oneself. It is, it's self belief that you'll be able to support yourself and your employee. Yeah, but for you know, you go and say you know, just particularly you know, there are cycles right now. You know, there's uh, there's very little you know inventory. Uh, you know, the market is. Uh, you know, is is strong, uh, but in different cycles, you know, it's not always an upswing, and it's not always you know as frenetic. And just having the confidence that, am I ever going to sell another property? You know, can I really have you know uh, you know support, let's say, an assistant, and and you know focus on you know on just really what I can do best. You know, it comes with you know the the trust and the belief in yourself that you really will sell enough of property, that wherever it is, there, there will be, you know, that, and that comes again in the trust in yourself. So this is a, 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 such an important point in our conversation because I see a lot, of, a lot of agents, not just agents, a lot of professionals fail because of, well, fear of failure, so therefore they become paralyzed, or actually fear of success. I see some uh, young agents who are having a, a, a run and then they freak out and they go, oh my God, I'm going to lose what I've got. And then it all becomes, tum- it all comes tumbling down. We all have insecurity demons. I know I do. I am sure you must. How do you work through insecurities? Like if you've ever had a moment of like, oh my God, should I have bought that house? Oh my God, what do I do? Is it ever going to sell? Um, how do you work through your own insecurities if, if you have them? Yeah, well, of course I have them, and everyone, as you said, everyone has them. And it's and, and just um, the first thing I do is cry. No, I'm just joking, but it's like <laughs> me <laughs> too. My hands like, ah! no, I'm actually, I, I'm actually pretty even healed, and so that's that's you know you know you know lucky for me. But um, you know, you have those insecurities, and it's it's just you know just talking the way through. You know, a lot of the self talk and just saying yes, it's only a deal. Yes, you know, it is. I, this really is bad. I, you know, I hate the fact that I was counting on this commission and this deal happening, and and the inspections were horrible, and this happened, and it's not happening. And so you see the dollar sign. You know, so it is. Or the dollar sign is actually going out the window, right? But, but it's uh, it's just go you know going through the process and accepting that this is really you know yes this is bad you know I I really do feel bad I don't like this but I will move on and I will you know there will be another deal so you know are you you know on when you have only one escrow and you've worked really hard on that and you see that you know just going up in flames. 
it's hard. It's hard. And, and so just to keep, but just working that through and just keeping, you know, just going back to basics. For me, the basics were always, you know, just really prospecting and just, mm -hmm. you know, just reaching out and talking to people no matter what. And just, you know, just going through and going back to, you know, if I do, you know, the, you know, the networking or the outreach or, you know, all of those things, I will have another deal. I will. This is just, you know, one and we keep moving on. Some make and some don't. And, right. But it's, it's just going back to the basics of what is the process to get that business. And if you stick to the process, it will, you know, it will happen. You just have to keep, keep doing it. Right. This too shall pass and then we will live another day. But you mentioned the word, one of my favorite words, which is prospecting. So even though you do it in your way, networking, dinners and charities and whatever, it is still prospecting, right? I'm a huge believer that I would much rather work within a sphere that I know, sort of know, might know, could know, than attempt to work with complete strangers through, through the internet. So do you still consider, even at your level, Sally, do you still consider when you're out going to events prospecting? Yeah, I prospect every day. That God I bless. Look at, I look at that as, you know, my job mm -hmm. because I can, you know, and I do. I have help with marketing. I have help with paperwork. I have help with escrows. I have help with all the things that I am not the best at. You know, having someone who's, you know, do marketing for me infinitely better than the marketing materials that I would produce. Okay, so my job is prospecting. That is my primary job. If I prospect, I know there will be business. And so I prospect every single day. And, and you know, and I don't delay and I don't put it off and I start, that is my job. That is my primary job. And I do not, you know, let a day go by that I am not prospecting and, and just really making myself accountable for that. So it is, that's, that I look at is, if as long as I prospect, the business will come. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to rewind that last 30 seconds. You need to turn it into a GIF, put it on your phone. Sally is one of the top real estate professionals on earth. And she is prospecting every single day. There are no magic bullets. We can't just pull huge deals out of the internet. It's all about relationships. And th this lovely, lovely lady who is just uh, known throughout the whole world as one of the finest real estate professionals has just given you the secret to growing a successful business. And it is all prospecting. Thank you so much for saying that, Sally. Um, yeah, no, it, it's absolutely the number one. It is the number one most important thing that that you can do. Um, we are running out of time, but there is so much more I wanted to talk to you about. I wanted to talk to you about you, your team. You have a wonderful large team, which I have seen grow and grow and grow over the years. We've done several deals together and they've always been the most delightful people to work with. It's like a succinct machine. It's like a Ferrari engine. Everybody talks to each other. It's beautiful. Maybe we'll save that for another time. Maybe I'll have you back on team building on another podcast. I want to talk about what's next, right? Because you have, you're, like a, you're like a hit songwriter that's had 100 number ones. 
what's next for you? What's coming, what's coming in 2022, 2023? Where, where are your ambitions taking you next? So it, 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 that's you know, an interesting question because again, you know, uh, when you know, just uh, the whole pandemic and COVID, you know, you spend time just thinking and doing and evolving. And um, uh, you know, I, I have, I, you know, you mentioned my team. I love my team. You know, I love the people. I love what I do. I love the mentoring. You know, just, just, uh, you know, just all of that. So I get up every morning and I am. Well, almost every morning, and I'm very, you know, really excited, and you know, about what is the day going to bring. And I, you know, I just love what I do, and so things have, you know, it just, just, you know, uh, just really laying out the game plan of, you know, you know, is it, am I growing the team further? You know, am I going to other locations? You know, just all of this. So this is in, in really in. Uh, you know, in the thought process and the planning stage right now, uh, we're coming out of working from home. So we're lo I'm looking so forward to working from the office again and having the synergy that that brings, uh, you know, because I do have a team and, and all of, you know, just the whole brain trust is great and, and the social aspects and the cultural aspects. So I'm just looking forward at this moment to you know, bringing that all you know, it's, it's been great working remotely. You know, we have Zoom. You know, just like you know, we're you know, right now I can see you, and but just just going back to the office, having everyone just really working together again, and then and then looking at you know, just the different opportunities and expansion. But it's uh, it's very exciting. I mean, I love real estate. I you know, you know, every day really is a different day for me. I never know, you know, no matter how I plan it, exactly how it's going to turn out because there's always surprises and some of them are good and some of them are bad and then working them through. But it's exciting. I, you know, just in, so the real estate is exciting for me. And so that keeps me moving forward and uh, looking forward to going back to you know, just some semblance of where we were as, you know, as far as office, I don't know about open houses, just, just where planning on where it's going to go and how this is going to move forward. So thank you very much for that, Sally. Um, I think what the, the, the thread that is woven through everything that you just said is that you are, you seem to be an innate optimist. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I, and I want to touch upon this. You, you may, you, I'm sure you don't remember this, but when I was a brand new agent, I met you a couple of times and you were delightful, delightful. And I was selling in San Fernando Valley at the time and you were just like lovely. And then I've, uh, I've done deals with you and your team. I've met you at Inman a number of times and every single time you have been the same. In Beverly Hills and in Hollywood Hills, we hear stories of agents, you know, throwing tantrums and, you know, stamping their feet and being divas. I have never heard one bad word uttered about you, quite the contrary, just that you are the loveliest person to, to work with, that you are, you know the market probably better than any other agent in the city. And that you, you just seem to, everyone that works with you in your team, you seem to bring them up. Everybody seems really happy. You know, you know, some teams and, and the employees are like, oh my God, get me out of here. Whereas all your team are like, this is great. I love turning up to work every day. And I think that that speaks volumes about your leadership, Sally. Yeah, well, it, it's, it's really, I mean, I do have, 
you know, a great team. You know, I'm very, very proud of them. It's a great culture and culture is critical because, you know, it's something you do and live and breathe all the time. And, uh, and it's, you know, real estate is competitive. And so it's not that, you know, everyone out there is not nice and everyone, and I <laughs> thank you so much for all those really kind words. I mean, really, really, uh, you know, that's, that's lovely. And I really appreciate it. But the, everyone out there is not necessarily nice and it is cutthroat and it, there are big dollars at stake. And so having a culture and a safe environment where people care about each other is really the the essence of of my team. So I know we're not talking team right now. You're going to, you know, but but that's it. It's 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 really so important where you you know you have you're with people that you can trust and care about you. And I am so proud of each and every one of them when they grow and they succeed. And and we're all cheering everyone on. So uh, you know, it, it's it's a it's a team of you know cheerleaders. So it's, it's, and that's, you know, we're living and breathing this all the time. So we may as well have a really good experience. Yeah. It's nice to, to work with people that, you know, they have your back. It's, it's, it's a lovely, and I've had that with my, my company PLG and now at Corcoran, I'm, I, I, I'm very blessed to have people that I love and trust, but so Sally, I'm going to invite you back to talk about team building because you have one of the best teams in the build in the business. Uh, maybe we can do that on another podcast a few months from now. That would be amazing. Uh, on a personal level, what I've said today, none of it is hyperbole. I mean, every single word. You are um, someone I aspire to 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 be like, and and all of your properties, you know, they're just all so frigging gorgeous. And and I suppose <laughs> I have some realtor envy as well. But you are a delight. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your wisdom. And hopefully, we will see you again very soon. Sally, thank you so much for being on the podcast. If you want to find out more about Sally Forster Jones, just put the name in Google. There's only one and you will find her straight away. Um, thank you so, so much for being on the podcast today. Well, thank you, Peter. It's really, it's really fun. I love, you know, I, you know, I think you do an amazing podcast and I've admired your growth. So we, we can go and just be mutually <laughs> no, you've done amazing. You've done amazing. And I, I, I think it's fantastic. And I feel honored to be on your podcast. So oh, thank you sweet. again. You're very, very sweet. All right. Well, I'll see you out there, I'm sure, very soon. Right. Uh, thank you for your time. And thank you for, for everything else. Sally Forster Jones, God bless. Okay. Bye. That's about it for the podcast this week. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll be back again next week with another topic and another great podcast. So don't forget to hit that button and subscribe. Until next time, take care and I will see you later. Mm.